popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Oh, Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago. It's Adam Hogue. I do think he has the support of his teammates. Why would you not be rooting for him to succeed? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. I don't mean to psychoanalyze this stuff, but this is what we do in Chicago. This is what we do with our quarterbacks, and this is the biggest story in town. Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you. Is it the offseason now? Well, we're not in suits. I don't have any makeup on my face. I'm wearing a winter hat. You're wearing a Northwestern shirt. So, yeah, I think we are officially in the offseason. This is what we've been wearing all season. What are you talking (laughs) about? I have not worn a one winter hat to any podcast all year, but it is frigid in Chicago. You lose your heat or something? Why are you wearing a winter hat inside? I was just outside shoveling. Been outside twice, and it's not even 9 a.m. here in Chicago. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Four degrees. Four more inches of snow. Light stuff, though. The easy All right, stuff. Qu- quit your whining. <laughs> I am getting close to the point where I just don't shovel, though. Usually, it's March for me. You're not one of those guys. Come on. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this before. Yeah. I think we have. No, no. Below two inches. Like, obviously... You live near, if, like... If it really snows, I obviously go out there and shovel, but this, the, these dustings we've gotten the last couple of days, get out of here. I the got, sun- like, four inches of dusting last night. Okay, well, that didn't happen where I live. Okay. A man should shovel his sidewalk at him. Yes, which I have done over and over and over and over and over and over again the last two weeks, nonstop. And there's more. No, you want to, my neighbor's the one who does not, just straight up doesn't shovel. Well, that's some straight up BS. We had like 14 inches of snow, so it goes from my sidewalk once it becomes their sidewalk. Yeah, it's just good luck with that. Walk through that snow. That's that's what's not cool. Yeah, not cool at all. Yeah, that's BS. So, I think you can actually like get can't can't you like get fined by businesses? Can I, I don't know how okay. it works in the birds. I don't know. But businesses yeah. in Chicago, I believe. No, no, don't worry. I shovel my sidewalk, but. We've talked about this before. If we're in March, April, and it like snows like half an inch, get out of here. We'll, we'll let the sun take care of that. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, that's a veteran move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, welcome in. What a week it was last week. And uh, hopefully, everybody was able to listen to all of our content. Five episodes for you. Uh, Super Bowl week. And the good news about all that is most of it, actually had nothing to do with the Super Bowl. <laughs> a lot of it was actually Bears conversation and li- interviews that if you missed any of them, you could go back and listen to them today or at any point this week, and we encourage you to do so. Especially so, Thursdays. Jimmy Graham, Deshaun Gibson, and Darnell Mooney. Check it out. Yes. Yeah, three Bears players all on that podcast. So uh, if you didn't catch everything last week, go back and check it out. Of course, you can find the podcast. Well, wherever you're listening to it right now would be a good place to start. Uh, We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on whatever. We're on the Athletic app as well, where you can listen to it ad-free. So uh, make sure you check out all that stuff from last week. Of course, Adam Hoke, Adam Johns here with you. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hoke, at Adam Johns. And you can read all of our content Johnsy's on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to get that subscription. If you don't already have it, they have decided to torture you this offseason with a incredibly in-depth quarterback, I don't know, what are you guys calling it? Series? It's book? a series of quarterbacks. Yeah, a book maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, Stephen, it, I got to be honest, it just Stephen seems mean. like novel. <laughs> I don't know why you guys are doing this. It just seems awful. Well, because the Bears apparently are pursuing another quarterback or quarterbacks, and the (laughs) the position is yet to be addressed. Why don't you write about all the quarterbacks they can acquire, not all the failures for the last 25 years? We're doing that, too. We're doing that, too. There's going to be a lot on the athletic. Check it out. Take my uh, Bears quiz. Did you take it yet? I did. I got 18 out of 20. Oh, impressive. What'd you get wrong? Did you look what you... The two I got wrong were, like, the questions from, like, the 30s. Yeah. 
Uh, which I think one of them was which quarterback was the who was the quarterback in the nineteen which championship team nineteen forty something. Oh, a lot of people got that one wrong. I got that one wrong. That was the the Keith Molesworth question. The who led the Bears in pass attempts in nineteen thirty two and nineteen thirty three, which of course are championship seasons. A lot of people went Patty Driscoll. But that's what the, I think. I that's what I think. I guessed. Yes, the answer was Keith Molesworth. I was impressed with myself, actually, for some of the other ones I knew. Like uh, 2009, Greg Olson led the team in catches. I got that one right. Like your natural instinct is Matt Forte, I think. Maybe, but he didn't become a crazy pass catcher until Tresman. Later, yeah. Like when he was catching, what was that, 104, 105 catches he had that one season? Which was ridiculous for a running back. Let me look I remember covering that and be like, this is cool for Matt Forte, but it kind of means you have a problem if your running back has over 100 catches in a season. Yeah, the most common answer actually was Matt Forte, um, then Earl Bennett, then Greg Olson, and Devin Hester with only 61 responses or votes or selections, call it selections, for that question. So if you haven't taken the quiz, check it out. Yeah, it's fun. I'm just messing with you guys. With the, uh, I'm going to continue to mess with you too about all the the mean quarterback coverage you guys are doing. Um, But, hey, it is the history of the Chicago Bears. So, uh, cool. Meanwhile, (laughs) uh, it's not up as we're recording, but it is the Tuesday after the Super Bowl, which means Bears Mock Draft 1.0 drops today. It will be out uh, probably by the time you listen to this podcast. It's probably up. Can you give us a tease? QB or OL? OL. OL. Oh, well. I was going to say, speaking of quarterbacks, I was going O-lineman first, and then I said, you know what, I'm going to take this opportunity to knock the quarterback out right now. So, Trey Lance, North Dakota State, in the first round. Now, there's a couple things here, and I know I'm going to get it on Twitter the second this thing posts. He's not going to be available at number 20. Okay, first of all, let's just get this disclaimer out of the way because we go through this every single year. You don't know that. Nobody knows that. This is like Trevor Lawrence, gone. Zach Wilson, gone. Beyond that, crazy things happen in the draft. You see guys drop. Nobody knows in early February where these guys – I'm going to get it to I think there's um, my third round pick. I'm going to get it from people. Oh, he's going to be... You don't know. You have no idea. I don't want to have that... That's not the point of the exercise. The whole point of the whole thing is to just look at prospects that might be good fits for the Chicago Bears, uh, according to me. So, Trey Lance, there's a couple reasons why I still went with him. One is, like, there's a possibility he actually does fall. I think people are underestimating the fact that this guy still had serious questions about the level of competition he played at at North Dakota State, questions about the offense he was playing in. Pretty limited playbook, actually, from some very smart people I trust that I've talked to on this. He played in one game this year, a very small sample size. One. And there's no NFL combine. So there are more questions about this kid than people want to admit. I like him. That's why I still went with him in the draft. But the point is, I do not think he's a surefire top 10 pick because I think teams are going to have some serious questions about him. And another reason why I still went with him, I do not project trades in these mock drafts. However, if Trey Lance is hanging around in the early to mid-teens, I could see that being a situation where Ryan Pace trades up and gets him. So if we're going to have a conversation about a quarterback the Bears can draft, I think Trey Lance is one of those options, and that's why he was my pick in the first Bears mock draft. He strikes me as a player where a few quarterback needy teams will be so enamored with the physical skills, with something they see on tape, something they heard as they go through their research for these projects when they visit. Or I don't know if they can visit every campus this year, but you know what I'm getting at. Like Teams will be so enamored with this kid that he'll be a first-rounder. You just don't know where. But all it takes is one team. Heck, we saw it here. I think most teams would agree that Trubisky would have been a first-round pick at some point. But second overall, all it takes is one team to to really fall in love with the skill set. And yes, it looks like there's a lot of quarterback needy teams ahead of the Bears. Let's let all this stuff play out, right? Free agency, these trades. 
lot of things are going to shake out here. But so there were quarterback needy teams in the top ten in twenty seventeen, and still some of them passed up Patrick Mahomes. That's just the point, you know. It's you never well, know. And I also think like not necessarily comparing the player, but comparing the situation. Trey Lance, Jordan Love last year. So there's no question about the raw talent. There's questions about the competition. There's questions about how much like. And this is another thing. I think of all these quarterbacks that need to develop. Trey Lance, because he played one game, right, in the last two years, basically, he's making a huge jump from the FCS to the NFL. This is a kid who's probably going to have to sit next year. So that's another thing that could cause him to fall a little bit, just like Jordan Love fell to the back end of the first round last year. And eventually the Packers said, hey, we're going to take this guy. So um, anyway, interesting option for the Bears. And I want to emphasize that. I think if if you're drafting Trey Lance, you should not be planning on starting him week one, which is maybe a good way to transition this conversation to who the hell the Bears might be acquiring via trade because there's a lot of talk out there. Um, some people try to ruin our Saturday night. I'm bitter about this, Johns. We worked our ass off last week. I had Chris's parents over. We're trying to have a dinner. Nice, safe, socially distanced family dinner. And my phone keeps buzzing because there's these reports out there that the Bears are close to trading for Carson Wentz. Get out of here. Stop that. You're calling them reports? Yeah, good point. This reminded me of when I used to cover hockey. So let me get on like my, my soapbox here. When I used to cover hockey, and they were all these anonymous hockey insiders, right? This guy was actually called Hockey Insider, and he had like three R's at the end of the name. If you're a hockey fan and have been following hockey long enough, you know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? Then there's this site called Hockey Buzz, which all they do is throw out crap, right? Guy was anonymous, Eklund. And, you know, sometimes you get things right, sometimes you don't. And, look, I get it. The game's different now. Um, People have contacts with teams. People have played with players that are part of front offices, you know, or, you know, their former college teammates. You know, they they have a buddy who's a scout. They have a buddy who works in, I don't know, the social media department. So it's different. I I understand that now. Um, But there is a difference here. Like, I, I don't report on rumors. We hear things all the time. Um, in the NFL, it's a gossipy business. People talk, and, you know, what's that old story, you know, or lesson, you know, like when, when you share one message with another, and, you know, like that, that message train, you know what I'm talking about? Like you, you, one person hears it, another person hears it, another person hears it, and things. You have a make, telephone? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's... Yeah. Sometimes that happens. So, look, I'm, I'm not here to dispute what, what was out there. Um well, I guess I can. You know, some of it just wasn't true. It is what it is. It's it's the social media thing we live in, and I, I it just reminded me of what we went through or what I went through about a decade ago covering hockey with all of these anonymous hockey bloggers, and young Adam Johns would get himself all worked up into a fluster over these things, and some of them weren't even close to being true. If you're not talking directly to the GMs or the right-hand man of these GMs, you really don't know. It's always fluid. There's a lot of misinformation that gets out there. There's a lot of smoke, I would say, come out of Philadelphia this past week. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious what's trying to happen. What's I mean, the Eagles want to trade Carson Wentz, and they're not getting the interest that they maybe thought. I don't know if they're just trying to drive up the price or they actually think that they can get a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. But... There's a reason why last week... I, now, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe there will be a team stupid enough to do this. But when we discussed this stuff last week on the podcast, on NBC Sports Chicago, there's a reason why I was comparing it to the Ryan Tannehill trade, right? Which was a fourth-round pick. Now, maybe Carson gets a little bit more than that. But when you look at the contract, when you look at the situation, when you compare this to things like Ryan Tannehill or on the more extreme end, the Brock Osweiler trade... You got a slumping quarterback with questions about his leadership and a bad contract. You're not getting a first-round pick for that guy. If anything, you should be giving up more to be get, to get out of that contract. 
because you're the team that wants to start over here and get that contract off your books because you made a mistake. It's a very weird situation, and maybe the Bears have built up a reputation where they're willing to overpay in some of these trades. I don't know, but I can't imagine that's going to happen here with a first-round pick unless they're getting more in return than Wentz, like an extra player, or the Eagles are saying, look, we're going to convert some of this crazy contract to a signing bonus, and we're going to eat even more. Because we know this is going to be basically be a wash year for us in 2021. Let's eat more of the contract. We can get more draft capital in return then because it'll make the contract even cheaper for the team that trades for them. Maybe that's the situation where you can get more. But this this nonsense about like multiple first-round picks for Carson Wentz and this contract as is, come on, get out of here with what that. What did I say on our last podcast in the studio? You wait this team out. They're very good at playing this media game they are they are just look at you're talking about the eagles the eagles yeah yeah wait them out they're willing to eat a record-setting amount of dead money to get this quarterback off their books you have the leverage you do they want him out he doesn't want to be there you have leverage yeah and i get the competition can change things but that competition is going to realize they have leverage too yeah, I wrote this because I, I wrote about this quarterback stuff yesterday on NBCSportsChicago.com, which you can check out in context of the Super Bowl and how the Bucks were a similar team as the Bears. A la- this time last year, the Bucks had a general manager going into year seven who had failed drafting a top quarterback in Jameis Winston and was looking for that instant fix with a roster that was pretty solid. That had talent worthy enough of being in the playoffs and needed a quarterback to get him over the hump. They got Tom Brady, okay? Now, unfortunately, Tom Brady's not out there for the Bears this year. The only move that could potentially have that same type of impact is trading for Deshaun Watson. And right now, that's not what we're discussing. But the reason why I wrote about that in context of this Carson Wentz stuff is to what you just said, Johns. Like, wait it out. This is not a move you need to rush to make in the first week of February. This is like the move you make, to me it is at least, after maybe a couple other quarterbacks that you're targeting aren't available. Free agency goes by. Maybe you strike out on a guy or two. Like This is a late March, early April move to me. It's not rush and get it done the first week of February, give up a crazy amount of draft capital. Well, the Eagles have the deadline, right, in March? Like There's you're a right, roster bonus is- too. You're right. But then that's part of your leverage. They got the deadline. You're Not right. Not you. Not on February 9th at 9.07 in the morning in Chicago. And you know what? If you miss out on Carson Wentz, it's okay. <laughs> Just turn on the film from last year. <laughs> well, and let's get into that a little bit, too, about Wentz, the quarterback. I get a Jay Cutler vibe with this guy. I don't know who you've talked to oh, in Philly. I don't say that because Jay Cutler's become like this lovable character in Chicago where people actually like have forgotten some of the football I actually played, but go ahead. No, but here, here's where I'm going with that. I don't know who you've talked to in Philly. I've had, I had a couple conversations with some people over, over the weekend, people that have covered him, people that know more about what happened in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz. So does any of this stuff sound familiar? He works hard. He's competitive. Does not, unify the locker room, does not galvanize the whole team. There seems to be a divide in the locker room. You got guys like Jason Peters, Fletcher Cox, who have come out, publicly voiced their support for him. I remember some offensive linemen doing that for Jay Cutler, some wide receivers. There's no question there's guys in that locker room that like Jay. I don't think there's any question there's guys in the Philadelphia locker room that like Carson Wentz. But then you see stories about leadership questions, lack of accountability, not willing to take the blame for plays that were his fault. Doesn't that all sound familiar? It does. Even worse than Jay Cutler. (laughs) A a little bit. (laughs) No, it doesn't. So, again, it's... If you want to give up a 
third, fourth round pick, may you know, and maybe try to salvage the guy's career, fine. But I don't know. It just got a bad vibe to the whole yeah, thing. So, so like the the compensation matters to me. If you want to take a swing on Carson Wentz, fine. But nothing more than a third round pick. Like I would be tough about giving up a fourth round pick with the Eagles. You want a roster player? Okay, I I don't know who I could throw at you, but whatever. You know, you want to go with the roster player again. <laughs> I, I love that term. <laughs> Trey Winkle called you out on that last roster week. Roster player, roster <laughs> player, the long snapper. We're not trading Patrick Scales. Did Kevin Fishbane just come into the chat and just leave the chat? Yeah, I think I think he got offended by your roster player, <laughs> and then he and then he disappeared. He's like, I'm not doing this today. We just he was just traded to Philadelphia, Kevin Fishbane, and he's gone. Well, people were trying to trade us to Houston, so I'm not going to Houston. Although now looking at the weather, maybe. Um, yeah, this whole Eagles thing it, it did remind me of. And who knows? Maybe in an hour, some real concrete conversations actually happen again. Use the word fluid here to describe it because that's how trade conversations typically are. But it did remind me of the days of uh, hockey coverage when you had all these folks on Twitter, the Ecklins and the Hockey Insiders. There was another guy. I can't remember. Do you remember those guys? No. You forgot it? Good. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I was ever in the uh, hockey rumor interwebs. (laughs) It was nasty. Let's be clear, though. I do think there's interest in Carson. Sure. Yeah, I mean, let's not try to... I'm not denying that. No, no, we're not denying that. I just don't think they were close to a trade over the weekend. I think the Eagles are asking a ridiculous amount. Could they be? Could they be close in a day, two days? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't want it to be like we're shooting down this whole idea. I I think there's very much interest. I think there have been discussions. I just think the Eagles are asking for way too much, and to their credit, the Bears are balking at that and saying no. As are the Colts, and I think it's very clear the Colts are not going to give up a first round pick for him. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, we'll see if, I don't know, maybe Kevin did get traded to Philly. We'll have to find out if he's coming back in here. In the meantime, let's shift the conversation. So then I just made the comparison. I don't even know if Derek Carr is going to be available, but that was one of the quarterbacks that also came up in discussion last week. But here's why I would, all the things we just talked about with Wentz, I do not think are questions with, with Carr. Carr is known as a guy that the locker room loves. Khalil Mack has said some amazing things about Derek Carr. And I think, you know, they're still tight. He's a 4,000-yard passer last three seasons. He's not as mobile, admittedly, but I don't think comes with those same questions and the contract's cheaper. So if you're going to have a conversation about giving up first-round picks, I would much rather do it for Derek Carr than I would for Carson Wentz. He should cost more. Yeah. He didn't have the type of season that Carson Wentz had last year and he doesn't like you said he doesn't have all those questions that you just laid out like five minutes ago hi Kev hey boys what was your favorite interview from last week because I'm sure you listened to every single one I did I did uh I thought Darnell Mooney was good um uh Kyle Brandt's always entertaining uh that was fun you know Joniak Joniak that's always it's always fun to get uh, what does that mean no, no, that was a, that was a good thing. Like Joniak's a legend. Like that's, you know, that's that's like you just know what you're going to get from Joniak. He's going to sure. give you great stuff. Sure. He's a big timer. It's hard to get him to do an interview. I, I know that's why I was impressed. I, I should let the <laughs> listeners know because I, I got a lot of tweets, a lot of texts, a lot of emails last week. I'm fine. I'm healthy. I'm good. You know, people were asking where I was last week on the show, and um, just for everyone to know, I, I'm I'm all good. You know, I'm here. Happy to be on. Enjoyed uh, listening and, and watching you guys. 
Uh, I know that a lot of work went into that, so congratulations on that. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to let all all the all the fans out there know I am I'm good. I'm here. I'm back. Kevin's obviously lying. This lie yeah. <laughs> doesn't sound good. <laughs> look, look at him now laughing. <laughs> lying season is upon us, and Kevin Fishbane brought it to the podcast. Okay. I feel bad. We though, miss you, Kev. Yeah. People, listen. I, look, I look. We people did miss were, you. People were worried about me. They wanted to know what was going on. So I just, I, I told them, I go, look, I'm good, great. I, I was busy last week. Had a lot of work to do. We've got this big quarterback project at the Athletic. I've been, uh, John Z and I have been working on, getting ready yeah. for free agency. So yeah, it's been, it's been uh, busy times. We talked about the quarterback project earlier because I mean I got a big problem with it. I just think it's mean. What you're doing to the fans, I think. I think it's rude. I think the I think the piece you wrote on Nick Foles last week was just insensitive. That, <laughs> that was not part of the quarterback project. <laughs> Listen, I want Bears fans. I, I was doing a service. I was providing a service to our loyal listeners, to the fans of the of the franchise, because. I just wanted, to, you know, look, I, I never said it was likely. I never said it was suggesting it. I never said it should happen. I just wanted everybody prepared. If if Nick Foles is trotting out there, they could say, hey, you know, that's Kevin warned us. What, what's what's the phrase, right? It's it's uh, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. So you were preparing for the worst. You were doing the service of preparing for the worst. But yeah, just like, look, look, just be prepared. But I, I I made the argument that if it's if Nick Foles is paired with a top five draft pick, that's not bad, right? That's kind of exciting. Nick Foles starts the first couple of weeks, and then in comes Trey Lance to take over the franchise. It's like you've read my Bears mock draft 1.0 without it even being posted yet. Uh, you got uh, Greg Newsom going to them in the second, I assume. So, uh, no, because I think he's going to be gone by then. To be honest. Uh, John Z. Greg Newsom's a cornerback for Northwestern. I'm aware, actually aware. Just making Fitz, sure. Fitz had some good things to say about him last week, which is a shocker, of course, because he's his head coach. But um, go Cats! I did go with Trey Lance. I was going to do Rashawn Slater, but I think he's going to be gone by 22. And there's a chance, of course, Trey Lance is gone too. But we went all over all this already in the podcast. I think. Uh, if there is one quarterback that could fall because he hasn't played in a year, basically, questions, blah, 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 that's the guy. So we're going to look at a quarterback. You got Nick Foles starting week one. So, I, you know, basically that's what I had in my head as I did my Bears mock draft. I'm like, well, got to have first-round quarterback then sitting behind Nick Foles. Yeah, and I think then people would not be as upset with Nick Foles starting week one. Let's get your thoughts on Carson Wentz. We were just – I don't know how much of what – why? We were just talking about you heard, but for for what reason? I don't know. I I think he's according to some people he's he's already on the team. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Who's that? I just keep coming back to this. All right. So Matt Nagy is good friends with Doug Peterson, right? We we assume we presume yeah. we've heard. I, I think they're still friends. Yes. So at some point. Doesn't Matt Nagy call Doug Peterson and say, "Hey, Doug, what's up? We're we're you know we're kicking the tires. We're seeing we're we're, we're considering trading for Carson Wentz. What do you think?" Now, Doug Peterson, you know he he defended Carson Wentz for a long time last year, and um, he won a Super Bowl in the season that Carson Wentz was having an MVP year. I'm sure he still has some affinity for him. Maybe he thinks that Carson Wentz can still reclaim what he had, but. That sure seemed like a uh, uh, a fractured relationship from everything we've read. I, I just it's it's like just funny to me the idea that that this would be a Matt Nagy decision based on that connection he has to Doug Peterson. But and again, I'm I'm throwing some assumptions out there that that Doug Peterson might have some some throw some caution to his pal. Well, he got fired. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But but here's Doug, my thing what are you about that. Oh, I got a lot of time. You know, I got fired. You know. <laughs> here's the thing, though. I, I just wonder if that's a one-way fractured relationship. That Wentz is just hurt by getting benched and whatever else was going on there. Doug Peterson should have benched him like a month before he actually did. Yeah, you're right. So like sure. to me, that's an indication, actually, that Doug Peterson still likes Carson Wentz. 
He was holding on to him for. I mean, we all could see the games. Jalen Hurts should have been out there way earlier than he actually was. So yes, things got bad. Yes, Peterson got fired, but it could still be Doug Peterson's opinion that Wentz can be salvaged and that he's still a talented quarterback who, in a different situation, can succeed. Uh, and so that's where I, when they have those conversations, and like, look, we all know they've probably talked about it. Uh, I'm talking about Nagy and Peterson at this point. I could see Peterson actually being like, you know what, this for the right price, this could be a move that's beneficial to you. I yeah. imagine at the same time, though, Doug Peterson had a hundred million reasons to try to see it through with Carson Wentz and hoping for the best, right? That contract that we just talked about earlier on the show. The one that Howie Roseman signed them to, the one they're trying to eat a lot of dead money of to get them out. Like, I imagine that was a factor in their decision making as well. He's trying to see things through during last year's awfulness and hoping for the best, right? Like, that's got to be part of the conversation. I, I think too with with all of these quarterbacks, uh, the goal is what can we reclaim, right? With Carson Wentz, can we find some happy medium? Between what he did in 2017 through 2019, and and, and I think you would you would take that uh, with Derek Carr. It's you go back to the year the Raiders made the playoffs, right? Like, would you take that version, Derek Carr, uh, Sam Darnold? I think we could all agree showed a, a lot of flash at times his rookie year and even his second season at times. Like, can you find that? And and you know, it's a little different than Darnold because he's so young. So, like with all these guys, you're just except for Watson, obviously, you're just like you're just trying to decide which version of this guy can we can we get, can we find? I mean, that's and and I I texted this to John Z last night. Every NFL coach is wired to believe they could get the best out of every player, right? So, if the whoever the Bears trade for, you better believe that Matt Nagy. Bill Lazor, John Filippo are convinced that they are the guys that can make this quarterback work and, and be successful in Chicago. Like, I mean, that's it, it kind of sounds obvious, but I think sometimes people are like, why would they do that? Why would why would the, this Team X take player Y? Because these guys convince themselves they can do it. Um, and look, the Bears convinced themselves after 2018 that they could bring Mitch Trubisky to another level. And it didn't happen. And then they probably convinced themselves that they can make Nick Foles work in this offense. And it didn't happen. Uh, and, you know, fortunately for them, they get to try it again. All four of these guys, as you just mentioned, should be viewed differently. Right? Like Watson's the surefire thing. Like superstar. Should cost the most in compensation in terms of a trade. Derek Carr's next. Sure thing. Not as good as Watson, but I think you're pretty comfortable in knowing what you're getting. Sam Darnold is your developmental project. Like, he's going to take time. Young guy, bad situation, Jets are a mess, didn't have a lot of help, right? Adam Gase, can he coach? Nobody really knows. Carson Wentz is, is, is different. Like, he's a reclamation project. That alone scares you a bit, right? Like, you're banking on your situation to be better for him. You're banking him to be better in that situation. There's just, that's why the cost, at least from your own perspective, should be low because. He needs help. He's not a sure thing like the first two guys. He's not a guy, a young guy who's developing. He's a guy who just had a horrendous season and is on the decline, and there's all sorts of reports out there about his discord in the locker room. Injuries, terrible season last year, and as you mentioned, those articles we've read, like there's enough smoke there that there's something. And Carson Wentz is actually – in multiple off-seasons, come forward and acknowledge that he needed to be a better leader, that that he was overly frustrated with some of the Nick Foles stuff going on. Like, he's talked about that. He's talked about having to mature through different ways. Like, there are a lot of red flags there. By the way, back to reclamation projects. Don't you think that Bill Belichick was thinking, hey, maybe we'll get the 2015 version of Cam Newton? Yeah, and someone might take a flyer on Cam Newton. Hey, there's somebody out there thinking they could find the 2012 version of Colin Kaepernick. Maybe. You know, again, you, you go through these quarterbacks and you think, like, can you find that guy? And if, if, you know, for the Bears, if it's Wentz, it's because, especially depending on how much they give up, right? If they give up a lot, then they're convinced they can find 2017 Carson Wentz. 
2017 Colin, was a long time ago, guys. It was. Colin Kaepernick's still available. 2012 was a long time ago. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick's passer rating in 2016 would have been, I think, like the best in Bears history. The more and more I, I compare the two, Carson Wentz to Derek Carr, durability, performance, leadership. Friends with Khalil Mack. Friends with Khalil Mack matters. Doesn't matter. The only, like, literally, the only thing Carson Wentz has on Derek Carr is he's more mobile, which matters in today's NFL. But Derek Carr seems to be doing fine. I would worry about him a little bit more, I guess, between the Bears. I if they went for Derek Carr, I'd be a little bit more uh, adamant about making upgrades on the offensive line, a tackle. Well, that's what they should have done when they took got Nick Foles. Right. Last year, I mean, like the first thing when I started, you know, checking in with people about Nick Foles, I remember someone texting me and they said, you know, they better make sure they have a good offensive line. Yeah. And that didn't really no. work. Not really. I mean, look, they, they had a bunch of injuries and they, you know, COVID guys on the COVID list when Foles was starting too. But even their full complement of an offensive line wouldn't have been what someone like Nick Foles needed. And maybe we'll find out what he looks like behind a new offensive line week one in 2021. There he goes again. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts on the Super Bowl? Uh, speaking of Super Bowl MVPs. Well, speaking of offensive line play, yeah. I think we saw that, like, you know, I I, I I fell for this. I feel like the old adage is someone like Patrick Mahomes can make up for poor offensive line play. Look, we saw, you know, Brady didn't always have the best offensive lines in New England. We've seen what Rodgers in past years, I think he had a really good offensive line this year before the injuries, but in past years, Rodgers hasn't had great offensive lines. The great ones make up for it, and, and on Sunday, we saw that Mahomes, you know, he's a super, Superman, could only do so much without, you know, and that Bucks defensive front was fantastic. So, you know, look, I, I went in that game thinking, there are so many reasons why the Bucks should win, and then there's Patrick Mahomes. And then and in the end, it's like, oh, yeah, this kind of makes sense because the Bucks have this outstanding defense, the greatest quarterback of all time, an amazing coaching staff, uh, and a really good offensive line. So, I, I, so then you look at it like, okay, I guess it does make sense that they won. There's been a, an amazing defense of Patrick Mahomes on Twitter, I think, since that game. Lewis Riddick. I think it's just came. okay to say that he had a bad game. You know, like that defense had his number... Throughout it, he was under pressure. He, he 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 was scrambling before. Sometimes I think he even had to scramble. But it's okay to say he had a bad game, right? Like I don't think he, he had a bad foot. game, though. Yeah, I don't think he had a bad. I game. I thought he was honestly. I thought some of the plays he made under the situations he was in was actually really really impressive. Like I came out of that game being like, "Yeah, Patrick Mahomes still everything that we say Patrick Mahomes is. He just had zero help in this game." And give all the yeah. credit in the world to the Bucks for that because they they. They stopped the offense. I felt like they stopped the offense. They didn't necessarily stop him specifically. He had two touchdown passes hit his teammates in the face mask. And one of them, he was upside down when he threw it. By the way, was that incomplete pass more impressive than the Aaron Rodgers uh, getting thrown to the ground by Pernell McPhee? Was that incomplete nope. or was it complete? No, that was a touchdown the in the back that. of the. That was the touchdown in the back of the end zone. Right. Yeah, yeah but no, it was called back because of a penalty or something. A bad or? holding call. Yeah. Um, no, so it the, didn't count. The, the Rodgers play was better. The Rodgers yeah. play was better was because he threw it fifty yards sideways as he was getting tackled, uh, sidearm parallel to the ground, flicked it fifty yards downfield, completed in stride. And they should have picked that flag up just out of principle because the play was that amazing. That's the best play I've ever seen that didn't count. That was 2014, I believe, at Soldier Field. But, yeah. Those yeah it, was, oh, it was Willie Young, I think, actually, who had the was bringing him down. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, those, but what Patrick Mahomes did, that second throw where he was falling to the ground sidearm, that looked like Tadahito Gucci. You know what play I'm talking about? Oh, I yeah. know what you're talking oh, about, yeah. yeah. Those were remarkable. They really were. They got the ball off, yes. yes. Catch the, the ball, help him out. out. Yeah. yeah, Travis Kelsey, that drop on third down. <sighs> and then and then you saw they started the second half 
using Edwards Hilaire, and they were marching downfield. Like, where was that in the first half? I know they're not known I, I, well, for the running game. I think one but. point people aren't bringing up enough is, is where are the adjustments from Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid, right? Yeah, I, I'm sure that Mike Kafka had those adjustments ready, and they just weren't executed. <laughs> <laughs> but, look, that goes back to what I always talk about with the Bears. When your offensive line can't block anybody, there's no solutions as a coach. There really are not. You You cannot... You can criticize the play calling all you want, the lack of adjustment. We talk about this with Matt Nagy endlessly. When it was as bad as it got midseason for the Bears, there's no plays that work when nobody is blocking anyone. Now, you could criticize coaching staff for not making the changes faster than they did. That's fair. Uh, in the Chiefs situation, the Super Bowl, oh, man, they were just rolling with what they had. There is some stat out there where... where Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy left the their left their backup left tackle and backup right tackle in an extremely high amount of one-on-one situations. Like that to me that's coaching. I don't have the numbers exactly in front of me, but one of the advanced stats guys put it out there. Like that's that's problematic. That's coaching, right? Like But then you're asking you're asking them to all of a sudden run two tight end sets, three tight end sets. That's not what the Chiefs do. Uh, or then lose the game and get your quarterback killed. Like, can you even name the Chiefs' second tight end? Adapt or die. No, but still, Travis <laughs> Kelsey know? could chip. You know, they're an eleven personnel. You have Travis a, Kelsey. You team. have a, a a Pro Bowl fullback. You know, like, I don't know. It's fair. I wanted to see a better game. It was a bad game. Did you guys already talk about the commercials? No, no. I liked the Shaggy commercial. Yeah, me too. Nah. Yeah. What a classic high school song that was. That was good for us 90s kids like Hogan Me, John's, you're a little too old. <laughs> hey, I was in high school and that song was popular. Yeah, right? I was too. Uh, Kevin I, likes to really age himself. In a way. I think that was the year 2000 when that song came out. Listen, as the one in the podcast with the least amount of hair left on his head, I got to remind everyone that I'm the youngest one. So, Yeah, you should be wearing the beanie that John's is wearing today. <laughs> it's a good beanie. Is it cold in the house there, Johns? No, I was just outside a few times. What does that say? Is that Titleist? Oh, you got a golf sponsorship. Yeah. I don't think you and I have ever played golf once. We should. Oh this no, summer. we have once. Didn't we go to a? We I think I feel like we did like Jared Payton's charity. We golf. did, but but we but we weren't together. Oh, that's right. We weren't together, and the only time I went golfing with colleagues in Bourbonnais. Patrick Finley was with us, and he rented clubs, and he lost everything. <laughs> he lo- he didn't. He lost all the balls and all the clubs, and his pride. <laughs> <laughs> he, he lost everything. He'd duff a ball, and it would just <laughs> vanish. Golfing with Pat is fun. Yes, it's a good time. Uh, okay, well. Here we go. Are are we going to be doing another podcast this week about a quarterback trade? Maybe. Maybe not. What if another team trades for Carson Wentz or Derek Carr? Does that mean another podcast? No. I'm taking... Uh, that's, that's that team's podcast. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I'm taking the week off unless the Bears trade for a quarterback. That's what's happening. They could trade for any other player, and I still won't do a podcast. We've got some uh, good quarterback project stories coming up. The best and worst games ever by Bears quarterbacks. <laughs> What'd you get on that quiz, Kevin? Uh, I got a 14, I think. And that's Ooh. extra embarrassing because I think I had seen the quiz prior. You did? You... <laughs> <laughs> so... You yeah. hit John Greenberg. He got like a 12. <laughs> and he's like... And I reviewed and checked the answers like a week ago. Yeah, I, I will tell you, Johns, that uh, a good friend of mine, my college roommate, who was a two-time sports trivia champion and on Sports Jeopardy, he got an 18 out of 20. Ooh, that's what Adam Hogue got. Yeah. The, uh, Keith, that, that makes Keith. me feel better about my 18. Yeah. He got an 18, and he kind of noted that the best he could have done was 19 because he considered the 1930 whatever question impossible. Yeah, that's one of the ones I got wrong. Yeah. You could have Googled it. <laughs> I don't want to cheat. I know. It's true. I have 
some integrity. I, I, I think there was 16 perfect scores last I checked, and, and, and for sure, there was some quick pro football reference checking. It's all right there. Look, if I'm taking a calculus test at St. Ignatius, okay, I, I'll Google everything. No problem. <laughs> if it comes to sports and Bears history, I'm going to have some integrity. I'm going to get the, <laughs> the right, my accurate score. Calculus. I love how you use the word integrity about cheating. No, I'm saying <laughs> it's I, Ignatius of all schools. Yeah. Derivatives. Get out of here with that nonsense. How has that helped me once in life? I was just going to say, is calculus the, the least useful class? Ugh. I will say, I know the, the phrase, the limit does not exist. Like, that's a phrase I feel like came from calculus. Is and that from the Mean only, Girls? The limit does yeah, not exist. Yeah, that was in Mean Girls. Yeah. See, that was. In the I can final roll scene. with Mean Girls. Yeah. Get out of here with this. I think I literally got a zero on my AP calculus test. I think I walked out before I did the written part. I'm like this. I'm going to school. I'm going to Wisconsin for journalism. I don't need this credit. I don't care. I'm g- goodbye. See, I took the other way, which was I didn't want to take math classes in college either. So I got a five on the AP Calc test, and then that took me out of having to take math in college. See, and that's why I'm st- I never had to take a math class in college. I think I had already tested out or something. I think I had already gotten enough credits with other ones or something that's like that. I don't remember. All I know is I, I, the disdain I have for calculus still sticks with me to this day. It's, oh, the worst. All I remember about my math class my freshman year in college was it was at 9 a.m. And in college, that was a battle just to make that class. <laughs> and having to do like the extra work at like 3.30 p.m. and during office hours just in order to, you know, make up for your absences. <laughs> freshman year was fun, guys. Oh, Do you guys know that yeah. uh, my, my freshman year, I had an advisor tell me that there was a class called history of ancient egypt that was really good so i decided to sign up for it and it was a 9 a.m class and i just didn't and at the time i'm like well i woke up at 6 30 a.m for high school i can handle a 9 a.m class didn't go so well yeah big no, mi- big mistake no. big mistake that was the last the first and last 9 a.m class i took in college i had a rule no classes before 10 30 and no friday classes it's a good rule that's yeah. a, i i after I think after my freshman year, I learned that I'm like, nope, not doing that. Anymore. Like this is what I'm sticking to the rest of college, and uh, yeah, that first semester of freshman year did not go well. One semester, my well. sophomore year, I want to say it was my second semester sophomore year. I had no classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so my Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays were full. But to have those two two full off days as a 20 year old kid in college. We had a lot of fun that semester. A lot of fun. I bet. I bet. All right. Well, <laughs> that was some good uh, college talk. There is your look back at the success and lack of uh, By the way, just to continue my plug, um, I did Zoom with a former Bears quarterback, and we rewatched the highlights of one of the greatest Bears quarterback performances of all time. And that is uh, going to be part of that's going to be part of a story at the athletic, I believe, this weekend. So stay tuned. So you sat down with Jay Cutler and watched film of that legendary 2013 December game in Cleveland when he earned himself <laughs> one hundred and fifty bajillion dollars. That's a great pull, right there. Actually, if I really wanted to chronicle that game, I would have Joe Hayden on. Because I believe Joe Hayden had like two 50-yard pass interference penalties in that game <laughs> covering Alshon. Oh, those two interceptions he threw in like the first five minutes of the game? Nah, we don't yeah. care about that. It was everything he did after that. Do you know the best Jay Cutler game by passer rating in his time as a Bear? Oof. No. Mm. It's really hard to pull a good Jay Cutler game off the top of my head. That's not a good sign. Well, this one is interesting because he had two 80-yard touchdown passes, but they weren't long throws. Oh, so this is going to be 2014? 2015. Okay. In St. Louis. 
Oh, oh yeah. Jeremy Langford. Jeremy screen. Langford. Yep. And Zach Miller had like a. He ran for like sixty yards at the. At, that was Zach Miller's breakout season. That's when he had that. Yeah. He had the catch, catch in San Diego. And, and, oh, yeah. and there was a, a teammate of his who didn't like his success. I remember that in the <laughs> locker room after that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jay, yeah, that was Jay's. He had three touchdowns, no picks. And the quarterback on the other side of the field that day? Sam Bradford. Nick Foles. Oh, yes. Pot- potential starter for the Chicago Bears this September. Uh, and the podcast all has ended. It full circle. <laughs> you already locked them in there. That's your... You are That's locked a, in. Nick Foles starting week one. That is a great way to wrap up the show, though. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> All right. Full circle for Kevin Fishbane. Follow Kevin Fishbane on Twitter, at KFishbane. Uh, we did miss you last week. Hey, if I could go back in time and slot you in there instead of Antonio Gibson, oh, boy, would I do it. <laughs> hey, look, I would do it I, in a heartbeat. <laughs> I, I, I listened. I watched you guys. Very excited uh, about the shows. Enjoyed them. I know, I know you put a lot of work into those. So in all seriousness, you know, you deserve congratulations. It was, a, it was a good week. Good week of content. Thank you. I love Super Bowl week. It killed me that I wasn't there. Uh, but we, we, we pulled it off. We had a lot of good stuff. And I'd- Well, it's better than it could have killed you if you were there because, you know, there's a pandemic going on. That's <laughs> cool. I a good point i did survive it once i don't know if i'd survive it again um not a joking matter at all but also all true at the same time so um all right read all their uh, quarterback stuff and try not to cry at theathletic.com slash hogan johns is uh, in all also in all seriousness it's a lot of good content you should definitely go take that quiz so uh check it out theathletic.com slash hogan johns follow us on twitter at adam johns at adam hogue at k fishbane my, uh, I got a quarterback column up, NBCSportsChicago.com, and Bears Mock Draft 1.0. Should be up by the time you're listening to this later today. And, um, well, I'm taking the rest of the week off. You guys can do whatever you want. Time to breathe. We'll talk to you next week, maybe. I think that sounds like a good plan. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless. <laughs>